extreme sports and learning to enjoy is what put my next guest on the path of musical stardom. On the tea time sofa this week is Sophia Evangelina, who's nearly 18, has already competed in Canada's extreme skiing team and is now pursuing a music career with an amazing R&B voice. She is not just a singer, but also an inspirational songwriter who has already penned hits such as Endure. So let's find out more. Sophia, welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monjack. So how are you? Oh, thank you so much, Ali, for having me. I almost have tea. I have coffee, but it should do the job. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, I've got my tea in my A mug. So. Amazing. And you've got your princess mug. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that your favorite mug? How did you know? <laughs> because... You seem like a princess, you really do. Well, stop, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's cool. So it's been quite a couple of years for you, hasn't it, really, breaking into the music business? Because you were actually a, a skier as well. Gosh, I mean, you know, you are... Not very old in terms of, you know, you're not even 20 yet and you've already had quite a life, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I am 18 this year, which is a funny uh, age for me because um, when I was a small child, I was so crazily involved in so many things and I was so full of life, I suppose, but I was one of those kids who never wanted to grow up. I never wanted, I was like a Peter Pennett. I never wanted to see the adult days. Of course, I knew that there would be some great in them, but I just thought my soul was born to be a kid. Um, you know, and, and then I never thought I would be 18. I thought 18 was like, a granny. I was like, I was like, that's the end of the road. My life will be over. And it's so funny. And here I am and 18. And I was like, ah, well, it's not over. Actually, turns out there's like this whole brand new life um, awaiting, especially, you know, womanhood and being a girl. Um, it's it's a very big difference from being a rambunctious, you know, daredevil child and then actually wanting to be you know, more feminine and elegant and classy. And it's a really interesting experience. Um, but yes, to answer your question quickly, I was a, I'm a former professional extreme sports athlete. And um, my first album I recorded at the same time as I was in one of the World Cup circuits, one of my last years competing. Um, and when we released the album and after certain events, I decided to retire my ski career um and go full throttle into music and that was at 15 and uh 15 and a half and um at that point you know we, we started developing teams and um we put out the first album singles and then um we recorded smile and endure uh, smile came out pretty soon after we recorded it um and endure like i mentioned earlier was a two-year pause and uh, that was because we had a bit of a halt situation with team we were involved with in atlanta wanting to sign us to a major label and because of all the world events the you know the riots the coronavirus lockdowns and just non-stop event after event and vertebrations you know everything was just getting delayed until our contract lapsed in time but we decided not to renew it we decided to take everything into our own hands and to just 
go free willed independent and um independent and um release our music so that is what we did we released indoor first yeah and it, it it's an amazing song because you you're not just a, a singer i mean you are a songwriter aren't you as well and um i mean where did you come up with the lyrics did it did it take a long time how how did you come up with that oh yeah well that's a great question um endure was definitely a very incredibly pivotal moment in my career as a songwriter as well as a vocalist just emotive wise because it's the first time I really found my tone not just vocal but I mean my tone the way that I would present my emotions the way I would write a narrative you know the way that I would uncover my truest emotions and how I felt and I mean at that point it was very metaphorical but um you know endures testimony to the human spirit right and to you know the relentless journeys that we face and sometimes they're so trying and so devastating and so even terrifying and yet we have to find that will to survive it and to persevere and to endure through it and so that was kind of like a very common theme in my life um for a huge part of my life especially as an athlete um which is countless stories all kind of recollected into one song um, and i knew that it was a theme that not only would be relevant to me at one point in my life even in one career in my life but something that would repeat itself consistently throughout my life probably till the day i die you know until i'm as old as can be um because just that sentiment of having to face your biggest fears or your biggest obstacles and finding something within you that you don't even know you have present with you and finding it and overcoming your situation and making it to the other side that's something we all as humans face in one way or another in the situations unique to us um so you know that is kind of lyrically how it came about um and then of course there's a lot of metaphors in there i really like using metaphors to tell stories um because i feel like it it presents so much emotion into one little meaning that can refer and relate to so many different people in many different walks of life. Um, and the funny thing is, it was also um, the session that we were creating Endure in was completely designed for another single. Like we were in the process of writing another song, which was completely girly and flamboyant and fun. And, you know, I had given my guitarist some references to go off of. And he started, you know, riffing and running. And the next thing you know, he's in this trance and he's in this loop. He's in this like a little uh, chord structure that's super moody and dark. And the next thing you know, I'm like, wow, this is very different. And I scratch all my lyrics and I'm like, no, this is a different song. And so I just start feeling the vibes that are coming in the room. And then my producer had to take a phone call. He left. He was supposed to be three minutes. He came back half an hour later. And the next thing he knows, there's like this big trance in the room. Everybody's just in the music. And he doesn't even know what to do. So he just hops on the piano, doesn't say anything. And he adds in his vibe. And that was kind of the beginning of the creation, which was crazy. Very kind of spiritual. <laughs> and... Um, my mom knew that it was a very you know vulnerable moment but something that might not ever be created again so she put her phone on recording which is so smart because uh, later down the road that's what we ended up using again in the real song is the recording on your mom's phone yeah isn't that amazing really if you think about it because you know what what we hear now on spotify and other platforms is this beautiful polished version <laughs> you know, of endure. So, and I, I can imagine that it was very sort of 
almost rustic, wasn't it? When, you know, your mum kind of recorded your first sort of rendition of it. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, and the reason that she she uh, did that and then we ended up using it was because in that same trip, because we were recording in a, in a city uh, that was far away from where we lived, um, somewhere we have to fly to and from. And so we were on a trip there. And by the time we were in the studio recording, putting through like the first mix and everything, we hated it. It did not sound the same. It did not have the same motive. It did not have the same energy, the feeling, um, anything that transfixed us very early on about the song. So, you know, we decided to take a couple months and really see what is it that we're missing? What is it that we're losing? And then my mom found that, you know, phone recording and we compared it and it was just worlds apart. So when we came back to Toronto, we're like, okay, you know, we're going to use this phone recording and we're going to build everything on top of it because that will keep the integrity of the original motive of the song. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that, that is, is truly amazing. So are you working on an album at the moment? Um, well, that's a great question. Um, we are um, having those five singles I mentioned um, just before we got on Zoom. Those five singles are um, kind of like a potential album, but they're not because they're released in a spitfire manner of being a singles. And the reason that we're doing that is because, you know, being right now and building the discography, you know, we want to release single after single after single so that it kind of builds the story, builds the narrative, and also so that the platform keeps kind of rising up. New fans come in, new listeners become engaged. They can listen to the last single, but then they're excited about what's to come. And then they see what's to come and then they're like, oh, and there's something else to come, right? Um, so that is kind of our strategy right now coming from um, the place that we are at right now. Um, but I'm super excited that you asked about an album because I've been obsessing over my new uh, ideas put into an album that I have desires to create in 2022. And I already have the name and I have the, the track list, some of the songs even written. Um, but you know, an album process is very different usually. You can end up writing hundreds of songs just to see which ones make the final 11 or 13 or whatever the number is on the final track list. But I am very, very excited about that. So that's kind of um, my vision for the future following uh, the five singles we have to come after Enjoy. That is amazing, definitely. So that that is something to really, really look forward to, isn't it, next year? And that that should build such momentum and it'll be really exciting. So when did you first discover this amazing voice? Because it's, it's an amazing R&B voice, isn't it? Thank you very much. Um, well, the funny thing is, um, you know, I was singing at a very young age, I would say. You know, I started my modeling, acting, and singing training probably when I was around four or five. Um, but I was also rambunctious and had all this energy, and I was put into sports very young. And so I was balancing the two careers. But I would say, as a very small child, I loved to sing, but I don't know if anybody thought of it anything you know it was just another little girl singing right um but we took a couple breaks in and out because i was so busy with my sports um we came back when i was seven which i know in retrospect is not a big break considering five and seven uh, but at the time it seems like a long time um and so at seven we came back and i started new vocal lessons and so this coach came to my parents and she said, you know, Sophia has such a jazzy voice. It's almost unusual for her age. And um, 
I was like, don't say that. I'm a pop star. I was like so offended at the theme because I did not realize the power and the beauty of having a jazzy voice. And uh, little did I know that would become like a secret weapon. Um, but then, you know, my mom slowly introduced me to, um, well, actually, first she introduced me to Andrew Lloyd Webber, his operas, and I became so infatuated with the beauty of them that she even took me to Las Vegas to see the concert, um, no, the play, I would say. Um, and that continued into her discovering uh, Motown with me and blues and jazz, and then that opened us up to burlesque. Now, burlesque was the movie that really changed it all for me, because the minute I heard Christina Aguilera sing her opening line, which was oh, sometimes like it was so big, it was amazing. She stood on that chair with all this power and this presence, and her voice just shook the world. And I was like, yes, oh my God, that's me. I love that so much. And I was just um, obsessed from that moment on with expressing myself in such a big way. And so uh, from that point on, I became, really loud per se <laughs> i just found really expressive i found myself like i saw myself and um i was kind of like a wild child in that perspective that you know uh, no coach could tell me that i was too loud or something i wouldn't listen i only later i um i discovered you know i need to work on my technique i need to work on uncovering my the the intricates of my voice which my mom was a big proponent for but you know it took time because when i was younger i was just so stubborn um I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> and anyways, so, uh, and from then on, that just became a journey of kind of vocal evolution and, and learning from, you know, different perspectives and coaches and, you know, classical operatic training to work on my range and my registers and gospel to get the soul out of the riffs and the runs and, and just experimentation, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, learning and listening to my favorite idols and, um, and until I just really found my voice and uh, who that is, what that is, and you know the sonic fingerprint it kind of has. And you haven't heard the new music yet, but I think when you will, you'll probably hear that there's like a, you know, a continuation of the sonic footprint, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does does make sense. That that sounds absolutely amazing. So, you know, it's interesting how you've kind of used your um idols and sort of you know followed them in a way like Christina Aguilera um I mean you've you've got a very powerful voice as well so you know and you've kind of followed along that journey and and here you are now do you feel that you're constantly developing as an artist oh my god yes yeah 100% in every way um you know, vocally, even I am very competitive, right, coming from my sport. And I just, you know, it's always a competition with myself, though, of course. Um, that's the point. It's, it's always been competition with myself, even in my sport, which is obviously a competitive sport against other athletes. But the way I was upright and the way I trained myself was mentally to always try to be better than myself, right. And so um, vocally, that's where I find myself right now is that, you know, I, I always want to do the riff better, the riff faster, a melisma smoother. I want to go higher. I want to go lower with more strength. And so, you know, it's like a, it's an everyday kind of obsession to be a better version of myself than I was yesterday, which I think is kind of just the way I operate, which is great for me because, you know, that's what kind of keeps the flame 
going and strong until, you know, the day I die is to always be wanting and yearning to be a grander version of yourself, you know, realizing that there's always a next level. And I think that's really important for an artist to consistently want to evolve, you know, to never get too comfortable, to never think that you're, oh, I'm good enough, or my message that I said was sufficient, or, you know, this album was pretty good. I don't think I can ever top it, you know. And I mean, you never know, maybe there is a a certain, uh, certain truth to that, you know, maybe some fans will love a certain album, but you always, for me, I feel like you have to continuously evolve, you have to continuously strive to see what's the next level for you. Level up, level up, level up, it's like a video game that never ends. Um, and lyrically, songwriting wise, I mean, I'm always discovering new emotions and new feelings. And I was not really in tune with my feelings as an athlete, because I was trained to be like, super mentally tough and to never give in to pain or to fear or to vulnerability and to never show it because that was how I would you know maintain my success maintain the strength of my mind which was super 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 crucial in an, a very dangerous sport so when I came into the world of singing and songwriting it was very hard in the beginning to actually be vulnerable or to say something truthful about my emotions because I felt guarded and walled up. Um, but those walls have been shattered. Uh, they continue to be shattered with every new experience and every new song. I go a little deeper in some perspective. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very exciting because it keeps you really on your edge. Yeah, no, it, it sounds it as well. And you're um, actually going out to do some live gigs, are you? Yes, well, I mean, obviously, before coronavirus, uh, for sure. And I mean, in this time, um, it wasn't too much. And obviously, I was also in a little bit of a tied up situation where I couldn't perform too much uh, because of the contract I was in. But now moving forward, I started doing some live streams and things like that. And of course, come the opening of festivals and tours, which they're already doing right now. I'm super looking forward to going and performing with big, amazing audiences. And uh, the goal is to do some tours um, in this coming year, year and a half. Um, of course, the dream plan is, you know, world sold out arena stadium tours and we'll get there. But the first step is um, I have like a, a school tour that I'm a part of that's against bullying that was in the works for the last four or five years and finally it looks like they're picking up the legwork and everything is kind of coming together perfectly for them to be able to initiate the tour which is beautiful and hopefully there'll be some other touring and festivals this summer uh, we'll see kind of still waiting to hear from those but i do absolutely love performing more than anything fantastic well that would be something to really look forward to and also look out for you know for members of the public as well to actually come and see you live. That'll be really thrilling for your fans as well, won't it? I hope so. I think it's a really incredible experience you get to share with your audiences. It's a really connective one, you know, one where the song becomes yours, the audience's song. And, you know, the performance is just, an, you know, this interlocked and interwoven kind of energy. It's really um, different than anything, especially in this day and age where everything is digital. You know, people are doing all their concerts live streamed, which is great. It's a great opportunity to continue the craft, even during the weird, unprecedented circumstances. But there's just nothing like live, you know what I mean? And that's the weird thing about this whole virus um, taking the world like it did was, you know, everything became so 
um, inhuman in a way. I mean, I think people forgot how to talk to each other sometimes or, oh, you actually have hair, you have like skin, you, I, you're a human, you know? And mm -hmm. so I can't wait to really bring back that human touch and that live energy, everything that makes us all, you know, the same at heart. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And I think, you know, um, it, it's been a shame, hasn't it? I mean, it's taken a, a, away live performances for many, many people across the world and, well, virtually everybody. So it's good to be sort of looking forward and, and you know, planning that almost reconnection with your fans and, and followers, isn't it, really? Because you're absolutely right. I mean, it doesn't... Um, doesn't compare, doesn't it, to, to streaming online, to doing a live concert. It just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, definitely. So have you ever thought about experimenting with your genre of music? I mean, you're very much R&B. Don't get me wrong. I think, yeah, you know, you've hit the spot. It, it's amazing, your vocals. Have you ever thought about, you know, maybe doing some country or mixing it up a bit? <laughs> well, it's funny you say country um, because uh, a lot of people think like, wow, you have like the best country voice if you went down that lane. And it's funny because, you know, being an artist, I always mentioned that I love and appreciate every single genre, but country was always my least favorite, uh, just from a listening standpoint. Um, however, vocally, I think it would be pretty fun. And you know, to answer your question, absolutely. I um, I don't confine myself whatsoever. And if I ever do, I want somebody to kick my butt right away so that I remind myself not to do that. Um, I think that every genre can find its sister or its brother in the genre next to him. And that's really what a genre is. It's a kind of an assimilation of another genre at some point, give or take certain elements that, you know, came forth and it, came to fruition and it made that genre but you know they're all really connected in some way so um r&b is definitely where my roots are my soul is and i love pop you know obviously um and but i would also like to try everything i mean i just been experimenting with some rock and roll covers and i think that would be really fun i also really like the divide between old and new and how you can make the assimilation and kind of bridge the gap between those um you know, like, for example, with Weekend's latest album, it was very 80s inspired, um, but the production was all crisp and clean and brand new. Like the production ringed 2021 or 2020, whenever it was released. Um, but obviously the motives were very 80s, which is very interesting because, you know, I think it's so important to pay tribute and homage to, you know, previous generations. I think especially that all these different eras are just so cool. You know, there's something so unique about every time the 80s the 90s even the early 2000s which is not that long ago but there's still a different essence to it and the 50s and the 60s and the 40s and the 20s and you know you can find something unique about every generation um and uh so yeah i definitely look forward to experimenting and seeing what comes from just really playing around and and, and making sounds that are different is there, um, I mean, I know you, you have done a few collaboration pieces, haven't you? But I mean, is, is there anybody that you sort of um, aspire to collaborate with on a, a single or an album? 
Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, there's so many incredible artists that I, I love their music so much and I love their work and their performances and even their songwriting. Um, but I would say I really look forward to having like a collaboration with like Coach Malone, uh, with uh, Ty Dolla Sign. I just think that would be a really powerful collaboration. I, I love Drake. He's also Canadian. Um, I think the Kid Leroy is really cool. I mean, he's just on the rise right now like crazy. Um, and I mean, I love Tiana Taylor. I could go on. There's so many incredible artists and I look forward to collaborating even in the most unexpected scenarios. Um, that's just something that we're going to start doing more and more of, I think, as um, more singles come out, as things spread a little bit more. And I really look forward to it. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to hearing it as well. Do you know what, Sophia? Thank you so much for coming on Tea Time today. It, it's been really lovely to spend time with you and find out more about your your music career that's really, you know, beginning to skyrocket, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but uh, the journey is really special. Uh, I really appreciate you um, having the time to talk with me at Tea Time, well, Tea and Coffee Time, and it was really fun. Good. Thanks. Bye. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on Tea Time at forthenow.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Tea Time with AM. Bye for now.